This is Brad Milkey of ABC News Start Here podcast with your sports update. Down one star, the Golden State Warriors keep winning thanks to the rejuvenation of another. We'll explain coming up. Progressive presents the sounds of the old world. The year is 2019 and someone is waiting for the previews to start in a movie theater. Hey, you want anything? Popcorn? Soda? No, nothing. This has been The Sounds of the Old World. Brought to you by Progressive, where drivers can still switch and save like it's 2019. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Warrior star Clay Thompson is out for the 2021 season with a torn Achilles tendon, but in his absence, two-time MVP Steph Curry has stepped up in a big way. Curry sits near the top of the league in points scored and three-pointers made and set a new personal best with 62 points in a single game. This ABC Sports update was brought to you by Progressive, making it easy to bundle your home and car insurance. You are listening to Alive Mint Production, brought to you by HD Smartcast. Good morning, I'm Shalini Umachandran, and this is Mint Light Morning Shot, a quick update on the news you need to know before you start your day. So grab a cup of coffee and let's get started. After three decades, India has a new education policy. The Cabinet on Wednesday approved the new National Education Policy. The aim is to increase spending on education to 6% of the gross domestic product, up from the current 3-4%. to Among the other changes, the HRD Ministry is now known as the Education Ministry. Foreign universities can set up campuses in India. The MPhil course has been discontinued and all higher educational institutions will have a single regulator. Mumbai health officials have said that more than half of the residents of the city's slums are probably infected with the novel coronavirus. This is just days after a survey found that about a quarter of Delhiites probably have had COVID-19. About 57% of slum dwellers in Mumbai have tested positive for antibodies for the coronavirus. This was in a serological survey of about 7,000 people conducted by the Mumbai Municipal Corporation, Niti Aayog and the Tata Institute of Fundamental Research. In contrast, the survey found that only 16% of those living outside the slums had been exposed to the virus. This is a clear pointer to the social, economic and governance inequities in urban India. About 65% of Mumbai's 12 million population live in its slums. It's hard to follow physical distancing in these circumstances. On Wednesday, India's COVID-19 case count crossed 1.53 million. This is just two days after it reached the 1.4 million mark. Maharashtra remains the worst affected state with more than 400,000 cases. Mumbai's civic authorities are reading the results as a positive sign, saying it means the city is inching towards herd immunity. A few days ago, WHO's chief scientist Samya Swaminathan said herd immunity, which is when enough people become resistant to a disease so that it no longer spreads, is still a long way off for COVID-19. Jeff Bezos appeared before a U.S. congressional subcommittee yesterday, which looked into monopoly concerns. And today, Amazon will announce its second quarter results. The world's biggest e-tailer is growing and gaining market share during the pandemic as shoppers sheltering at home move to buying online. Its already lucrative cloud business is also growing rapidly. 
Amazon's shares have risen 25% since the 30th of April. But the company has said it has had to spend much more on COVID-19 testing and other safety measures for its staff. This could outpace the rising revenue in the second quarter, it has said. Analysts now say these pandemic-related expenses for Amazon could touch $4 billion. Now the question is whether investors will continue to prioritize growth over profit in a year when the economy is doing badly. Amazon reported an operating income of $3.1 billion in the second quarter of 2019. This time, the forecast is that its quarterly operating income could either rise or fall by $1.5 billion. China seems to have been binging on Indian iron ore. Its imports of iron ore from India touched an eight-year high in the first half of 2020. This is despite the pandemic and the rising tensions between the two countries. Supply from China's main sources, which are Australia and Brazil, has been badly disrupted by the COVID-19 outbreak. But China has continued to manufacture steel at the same pace as before. Exports of iron ore from India to China doubled in the first six months of this year compared to the same period last year. Going by China's customs data, they have imported 20 million tons of iron ore from India in the first six months of this year. This is also the highest import of iron ore from India since the first half of 2012. In that year, India exported close to 28 million tons of iron ore to China. While India's exports of iron ore are rising, it's still a fraction of China's total iron ore imports. In the first half of 2020, China imported a total of 547 million tons of iron ore. Coronavirus and Ebola are testing the limits of Congo's healthcare system. After two years, the country is seeing a renewed Ebola outbreak. This comes at a time when it is already battling the COVID-19 pandemic. There's been a sharp increase in Ebola infections in the remote northern parts of the country. This is just a month after Congo managed to contain an outbreak in the east. This year, so far, more than 2,300 people have died of Ebola in Congo. Congo has a population of 88 million and so far it has confirmed 8,800 COVID-19 cases with 208 deaths. Testing is limited in the Congo and so the real number of infections could be higher. Containing this Ebola outbreak may be harder because this time the international community is hesitant to deploy health workers. Donors and the government are also running out of cash. Ebola is far deadlier than COVID-19, killing around two-thirds of those that it infects. Congo is also battling measles right now. An outbreak has killed 6,000 since last year. The first phase of a project to rebuild Mosul's 12th century Great Mosque of Al-Nuri has been completed. 300 Iraqi residents pitched in to remove mines and munitions, collect historical artifacts and classify and document them. This is part of a $50 million restoration project that the UAE is financing and it's being implemented by UNESCO. The second phase, which includes slowly rebuilding churches and heritage homes, will begin at the end of 2020. Many buildings, artworks, statues and priceless artifacts in the historic Iraqi city were destroyed between 2014 and 2017 when IS held it. Most of the Mosul Museum was destroyed and statues were defaced. Restorers say it will be at least a decade before it can be reopened. More than 80% of Mosul Station 2 has been destroyed in the battle with IS. It was once a stop on the route of the famed Orient Express, but it's a rusting relic now. Mosul was once the gateway to Turkey and to Europe beyond. The last train passed through in 2010. 
You are listening to Mint Light Morning Shot with Shalini Umachandran. You can reach out to me on Twitter at Shalini MB or on Facebook and Instagram at HD Smartcast. To listen to more such podcasts, do log on to hdsmartcast.com. This was a Live Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast. I'm Annie Apple, and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burrow, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app.